May only truth be spoken here and only truth be heard in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I may have uh, read the collect for the first Sunday in Lent, but it is actually the second Sunday in Lent. So here we are, second Sunday of Lent. What I want to begin with, as we start with this telling of an encounter between a man named Nicodemus and a man named Jesus, is to say that for the next four Sundays, there are four Sundays remaining in the season of Lent before Palm Sunday. And on each of these Sundays, we're going to be looking in the Gospel of John at a story of somebody or somebody's having an encounter with Jesus. So this week, Nicodemus. We're going to see Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, the blind man at the gate, and finally Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And each of these people is going to encounter Jesus. These people who lived on earth at the same time that Jesus lived on earth, people who experienced the life and ministry of Jesus before his death and before his rising again. So people who encountered this mystery of God walking on earth as one of us before the fullness of that mystery had been revealed. And each of these people in their encounter with Jesus has things they need, something they want. Each of these people, by their encounter with Jesus, experiences a change, experiences their lives being transformed by meeting and talking with Jesus. So I want you to keep that frame in mind as we look more closely at this first encounter. Now, I find Nicodemus so fascinating. And I wanna begin by, by naming that he appears only in John's gospel, not in any of the other gospel tellings. And he appears not just in this one story, but three times, which makes him really a crucial figure in this gospel. The first time we encounter him is in this reading we just heard, where he comes to Jesus by night with questions. And he asks Jesus, you know, how is it that you are doing these things? We know you're the son of God. He presses Jesus with further questions. And we'll come back to that. But no, he comes by night asking Jesus for more. Then we don't see him for a while, but he reappears in the seventh chapter of John 
when Jesus at the, is at the festival of booths, Sukkot, and Jesus is kind of getting himself into trouble in the temple. And the leaders of the, the temple authorities are kind of talking among themselves and they're, they're asking the guards in the temple, why didn't you arrest him, kick this guy out? The guards are like, well, we didn't know if the crowd would be mad at us. We didn't know exactly what we should do. And so the temple authorities of whom Nicodemus is, one, he's one of the leaders. So you can kind of imagine there's like a, a what would be for us like a Senate or a Congress, 70 people talking to each other about what is to be done about this guy, Jesus. Nicodemus stands up and says, shouldn't we hear him out before we condemn him? He stands up and kind of puts himself on the line. Then he goes away again. We don't hear about him until the 19th chapter of John. Where does Nicodemus reappear? He reappears at the burial of Jesus. It's Nicodemus alongside Joseph of Arimathea who prepare the body for burial. And Nicodemus brings what is the equivalent of like 140 pounds of stuff to prepare the burial. You know, something that like you would only use for a king. He brings this extravagant offering after Jesus has been tortured and crucified. Nicodemus brings this offering and helps to prepare Jesus for his burial. The man who came to Jesus first at night so that nobody would see him talking to this troublemaker. Later, is willing to stand up in public and kind of weakly, but at least stand up and say, oh, guys, shouldn't we listen to what he's saying and, and at least see before we make a decision? From coming to Jesus in the night under the cover of darkness to standing up and making a tentative defense to being willing to bring everything he has to care for the body of someone who has been executed as a criminal, as an insurrectionist. What has happened to Nicodemus from chapter three to chapter seven to chapter 19? And I find myself wondering what was it like for Nicodemus to bury this body alongside Joseph and the three Marys? When he came to bury this body, did he wish that he had stood up more strongly or spoken up sooner? Did he wish that he'd given up his position of power to follow Jesus while he had still had Jesus alive to follow. Or maybe 
somewhere between him standing up and offering that first defense, maybe he did give up everything and follow Jesus. And maybe that's the journey that he had that ends with him being there at the foot of the cross and at the burial. We don't know for sure, but from coming under cover of night to being willing to stand up and offer this extravagant gift to the executed Jesus, there's a tremendous change in Nicodemus. And you know, he's venerated in some churches, the Catholic church and the Orthodox church as a saint. He had an encounter with Jesus and it changed his life. If we look at this first story about Nicodemus, he comes to Jesus and he says, we know that we know we can see what you're doing and we know that you're coming from God, but he wants to know more about that. He doesn't understand it. So Jesus gives him a first answer. Nicodemus still doesn't understand, but he presses. He says, what does it mean? He kind of joins all of us in saying, what are you talking about being born again? What does that mean? He says, I know it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm old. I know you're not telling me to go back into my mother's womb and start life over again, right? You don't mean that. So what do you mean? He presses Jesus. Tell us, what do you mean? There's a translator who translates Jesus' remarks. She notes there's kind of a pun in the Greek, born again, born from above. So she translates it, unless you're born again, taking it from the top coming afresh, coming anew, starting over with a new spirit. But Nicodemus doesn't understand, so he presses Jesus. He says, how can these things that you're talking about, how can they be? What do you mean? How does this happen? And it's because he presses Jesus over and over in this encounter. His curiosity leads him on until he finally hears from Jesus the good news that is the good news for most of us that we've been hanging on to all our lives. What does Jesus say? Nicodemus presses him, what do you mean? How does this happen? For God so loved this world that God gave everything. It's because Nicodemus lets his curiosity lead him on that he discovers the good news. God so loved the world. God so loved you and me. God so loved Abraham. God loved the prophets. God loved us through history, and finally God gave God 
be here to show us what it means to live anew, to take it from the top, that we would be renewed, that we would be not condemned, but saved, rescued from our brittle patterns, from our patterns of hatred and violence, of, of arrogance and wanting to be right. God so loved the world that God gave everything. And it's Nicodemus' curiosity that leads him finally to press until he hears that good news that is good news for all of us. God so loved this world and still does. So as we continue through this holy season and we look for Jesus and we encounter Jesus together, let your curiosity lead you on. Let your doubt and your wondering, what does this really mean for me, for us? Keep pressing until you too know the good news and until it changes everything. <laughs>